I'm John Wilson. Welcome to Owned and Operated. Twice a week, we talk about home service businesses. And if you're a home service entrepreneur, then this is going to be the show for you. We talk about our own business in residential plumbing, HVAC, and electric. And we also talk about business models that we just find interesting. Let's get into it. When you sign up with Service Titan for your business, you want to make sure you get the most out of your subscription for Service Titan. We pay multiple six figures a year for our Service Titan subscription. And because of that, we train our people extensively to make sure that we're getting the absolute most out of that investment as possible. Now, if you can't afford that in-house, that's okay because there are consultants out there that can help you get the most out of your Service Titan. So the one that we've partnered with recently is Home Service Engine, and they're awesome. So you can think of them as like an external outsource CTO. They're there to help drive real performance out of your Service Titan subscription so you can get the most out of what you're paying. So you can understand your performance, you can get your revenue dialed in, and you can become better operators by working with folks like Home Service Engine. So check them out, homeserviceengine.com. It's a great group. Welcome to part two of our conversation with Aaron Harper. The conversation is awesome. We're talking franchising. We're talking rolling suds. We're talking power washing. It's a great conversation. I know I enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning back in. Franchises feels like the purest form of what you can do with Twitter. Like it, it really does. Like I remember I first started like tweeting three years ago now, two years ago, and there's no goal. Really? You just sort of do your thing. Like six months in, it was like, all right, what are we going to do with this? Really? What does this become? How do we make this a business? So that way I feel less bad about investing time. my time on it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's work, babe. And I think like what a lot of people that I've seen, they've raised money. They turn it into a fund. That makes total sense. That's one of the bigger things you can do. So like Brent Bishore is a perfect example of what you can do with an audience. But launching in a franchise is like the next one, right? Because I think courses are interesting. Podcasts, obviously, we're doing our thing here. We have events. There's all this stuff, but like you can build a freaking business. Like, and you are. Yeah. Funds and franchises. Like, I get it. I'm into it. I think, like, <laughs> Jack, maybe let's launch an HVAC franchise. I don't know, bro. Or drains. Let's compete against Zoom. You should chip your ass, kid. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's an intellectually curious crowd. You get to connect in a unique way as like the CEO of a up and coming franchise that like not other people are going to be able to do. You have unique distribution. I remember talking to Zoom Drain like a year or two ago yeah, and like working through their distribution channel because we were thinking about becoming a franchisee. And I was like, you could do this on Twitter so much better and cheaper than what they're doing right now. Like it yeah. was this very elaborate lead funnel to be roughly in the same spot that you are. Right. I don't know. But yeah, I'm pumped to see it. So you started posting on Twitter, I guess, the content about the business. You started driving franchisees through that, making your way through some pods. Like, how else have you gotten diction for the business? So all of the franchisees that I found for the previous brand. So we did 223 deals at Patch in two years. 184 of those deals were done through one franchise consultant. Which one? Was it like Fast Franchise or whatever? No. Oh, you're thinking of Fast Franchise, Fast Lane. That is okay. a franchise sales organization. But no, so there's broker networks and then there's franchise sales organizations. So franchise sales organizations can't exist without broker networks. 
Broker networks are the lead source. Franchise sales organizations are closing the deal. So I do all the franchise development in-house. I do it. Like I'm the one talking to franchisees right now, start to finish. And that's been my background for years. So when you're with a franchise sales organization, you pay the majority of your franchise fee as a franchise or to the franchise sales organization. Right. For them to close it, there's no lead gen dollars. Isn't that the idea? Like, hey, it's 80 grand or whatever to sign up, but that's your total lead gen expense. Like you don't have to really drive, become a franchisee marketing dollars. They run that. Is that how that works? That is correct. They handle all of the sales portions so that okay. the franchise work can go and just do the franchising part. Well, I yeah. have a unique background where my experience is in franchising. So I'm just, yeah. I've been told that I'm one of the only people in the franchise industry other than a franchise sales organization that can sell a hundred units a year. The difference is that I sell them to people who are going to be actively involved in growing the business. And all the other people who are selling a hundred units a year are saying, you can run your business as semi-absentee or from your couch. Yeah. Hire a manager. You don't need to know anything about it. Like it's just terrible. And so I'm super transparent, super like I'm all about accountability. Like this is what we do. This is what you do. Here are the challenges you're going to have. Right. One of my consultants is part of FranServe. He's also, he's become a good friend and he's part of Twitter space. That's how I got connected to it. So Brian Beers came and saw the operation and saw us do a 3000 square foot house in 25 minutes, start to finish and charged customer $500 and technicians got paid a $20 tip each and they were off on their way. The next day, not telling me what he was going to do and just wrote a tweet thread. And I didn't even know that was like the plan, but like we got a ton of traction within the Twitter space. It really just resonated with the small business Twitter space because you see it, but there's a lot of people who are looking at taking out a personally guaranteed $2 million loan and like they're going to buy an HVAC business they don't know anything about. Like, yeah. Franchising is like having a moment for sure on Twitter. And I think it's exactly that reason. Like, Two years ago, when debt was 3%, 4% on an acquisition loan, nobody was thinking about startups because why bother if it's a 4% note? But now, economic uncertainty, franchising is on a bunch of people's brains. So definitely, yeah, right moment. I think if you can find the right brand, and there's a few of us out there who are doing it the right way, like you've seen them, it's the brands you hear about on Twitter that are selling. And I think if you can find the right brand, that cares about your success and actually has systems to support franchisee and franchisees and the capital. Because that's the thing a lot of franchisors don't have is like capital. Because we're not making any significant royalties for a period of time until we get franchisees opening. So like you're burning that. And that's why a lot of franchisors don't succeed is because they don't have that amount of cash to burn and to build the team to support franchisees. And But if you could find one that does and is, I sincerely do not think that there is a quicker way to wealth generation and finding the right brand at the right time. I talk about this a lot. The power washing industry is very similar to the way that the junk business was in the 90s, which was just a dude that had a truck and like put junk in it. And then 1-800-GOT-JUNK came in and like had a wrapped vehicle and like answered the phone and showed up on time and like built a billion dollar company. And now there are franchisees in 1-800-GOT-JUNK that are doing 80, 90 million a year because private equity saw that they could operate six markets. Like here, I'll just give you all the money you want and you can go buy more markets. And they did. And so my hope is to do to the power washing industry what 1-800-GOT-JUNK to the junk business and it's That's awesome. On the same question with the drywall, I know that, like I said, we do it every episode when we're going into models. From a standpoint of doing this on your own versus a standpoint of doing it with a franchise, what is the difficulty level? So starting a power washing business, just like knocking doors and buying a machine, like super easy. One, two out of 10. Like you just go knock on doors and you do that. 
That's a residential power washing business. Starting a commercial power washing business, seven, eight out of 10, like you've got to have some serious levels of sophistication and capital in order to do it the right way. Now, I always think that a good franchise makes that easier. I think we're probably somewhere in like the three, three to five range, depending on how big the person wants to go, right? Like the guy who wants to get to a million and a half versus the guy that wants to get to 10 to 15 million, like those are different difficulty levels, but I'm confident that we're bringing in the right people that can execute on the model that we've created. And we've been really selective. I mean, I've turned away 39 people at this point that wanted to be franchisees, had the capital, wanted to buy the business, were it right. You know what I mean? So like, I do think that it's about bringing in the right people and setting up the right systems from the start. Who is the right person? Someone who wants to build a really big business, someone who has a higher risk tolerance, right? If you're buying into an emerging brand, I don't have five years of like, here's what a hundred franchisees did, hundred units did over in life. So high risk tolerance, almost like an unrealistic expectation that like they're going to build. They have to have the belief in themselves that they can execute and do the thing. Like a lot of the people I turned away, like I just felt like they were going to be able to add job. That's it. And like, I want to help people build assets, not jobs. And, but there's a certain type of person that can do that. And there's a certain type of person that, that can't. Also, like we're obsessed with the franchisee experience. We want our franchisees to be obsessed with the customer experience and like, offloading the customer experience to a GM that you don't pay properly and you keep your job full time. Like that's not a good way to start a business. I don't, especially from scratch. So we've just been very selective. I've also done this. Like I've put over 500 units into three brands in six years. So like I've got a lot of just like gut reactions of knowing who's going to work and who's not. Yeah, that makes sense. As John says, you can see the light in their eyes when you talk about the position. Yeah. Are you ready to go power wash something? The other thing We'll say is like, we have them hire two technicians to start. Like we yeah. don't want them power washing. So we help them find two technicians prior to going to training. We turn leads on a month back from training. So they've got to be able to delegate immediately. So like if someone comes to me and they're like, Aaron, I like really want to do this with my son and like run the truck for a year and a half. Like this isn't the business. We're getting them to truck number two within six months. That's how the development schedule works. That's where the capital is going. So like it's a growth business. Like everyone who's coming in has to be growth minded. Yeah. Do you have anybody over a million yet? No. So we started franchising. I guess I didn't really finalize the explanation at the beginning, but I finalized the transaction in January of this year. I acquired the franchise rights in January. We started franchising in February. Our first franchisee signed up at the end of March. And then our first training was June. So like our longest standing franchisee is finishing their sixth month right now. So we're very new. And that's another reason why I've turned a lot of people away is like, Buying an emerging brand's not in everyone's risk tolerance. Yeah. And I mean, on your end, like the OGs set the tone. Correct. So that's a two-way street where yeah. you need the biggest movers, same as anything else. Like if I was starting a new vertical, I would need the biggest, baddest movers I could put inside there to drive the bus. So that makes total sense. You need high performers out of the gate. Yep. So I'm into that. Has performance been strong so far? Yeah, so multiple franchisees have ordered their next truck already. Like the third truck? No, so their second truck. Okay. So we had two franchisees that launched in June operating five territories. Yeah. August, we launched three franchisees operating 10 territories. And then November, we launched two franchisees operating seven territories. Gotcha. So out of those franchisees, half of them have ordered their next truck, and the other ones are gearing up for a march open for their second truck. That's all within the six month timeline of, of scale, which is what we yeah. what we're building. But the goal is if you buy three territories, three trucks within 18 months at the latest, right? Which three trucks is over a million dollar business. 
especially in the so you're talking 1.2 plus with three trucks and that's if the trucks are not operating at night jack i'll be launching a corporate location in nashville in march so we'll be running the play oh there you go at the same exact time as all the other franchisees so we're launching two trucks in March. I hired, you know, director of corporate operations. I signed a lease for a 6,000 square foot space in Mount Juliet. Like we're running the play. We're eating our own lunch. Yeah. That, that's awesome. It'd be fun to watch uh, more as more trucks get on the road and you, you see them cruising around. How many like corporate owned stores is reasonable? So fun fact, I've never done corporate owned stores on any of the other brands I've been involved in. Yeah. Um, it's just not been part of the model. So it's a good question. So we're going to run it in Nashville. We're going to do three territories. We're going to run the play just as franchisees do. Yep. We're going to expand to another three territories, Hopkinsville, Clarksville, kind of those areas around there, and then probably take it down to Huntsville for a five-year trajectory, um, yeah. Murfreesboro, and fill the area and get as many trucks, go as deep as possible within the territories as, po- as you can, which help make us better franchisors, right? Because we can test things out. Yeah, for sure. Hire salespeople. We can try sales things out. Like We don't need to take any money out of the business at all. We're going to put all back in. Grow, 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 grow. Yeah, that would be fun. And maybe like if you didn't take capital, I would have to imagine that is how people would have funded it is like you just launch more corporate owned stores and you roll those profits up to the franchise. If you like what we talk about on our social media, on Twitter, on this podcast, then you should be signed up for our newsletter. Go to ownedandoperated.com where every Friday we break down our business, we break down insights, things we're learning, things we're working on, and it's good stuff. Check it out, ownedandoperated.com. So I am asked to advise people who want to become franchisors pretty regularly. And the, one of the first questions I ask is how much capital do you have to go towards franchising? You would be shocked at how many of them say less than $100,000. It's like frightening. And oh, so I always- that does not surprise me at all. The amount of people that have contacted me or like people that I know that have like begun the franchising route. And the biggest thing that they're worried about is the legal docs expense to start a franchise. They're like, dude, it's going to be 50 grand. And I'm like, it's going to be 50 grand. Like, like I don't understand how that's the thing we're worried about right now. It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. I think people just, they see the $80,000 or I, I have no idea what yours is, but they, they see the buy-in and they're like, oh yeah, that's going to be sick. You know, that's like instant yeah. cash flow not realizing that's probably 100% going to the salesperson that sold it. And then like, unless you're getting a conversion, but then conversions, you know, there's probably a ramp up period because somebody built that business. They don't want to pay you royalties off the rip. So yeah, it's a five years before you get money play. It's a hard hard business. Yeah. I always tell people because franchisors come to me all the time. They've got a good epoxy coatings business or a good youth enrichment business. And they're like, I want to franchise. And I'm like, first of all, why? Right. Like, cause it's going to be really hard. It's not your epoxy coatings business. It's actually a completely different business. You're going to burn a tremendous amount of capital. Like, you have to know why you're going to, first and foremost. And then I always say, how much money do you have to go towards franchise? And typically my answer is like, respectfully, don't franchise. And my response is go open another corporate unit, get that unit cash flow, do it again, use the cash flow from those other units to now fund the franchise, sell one of those corporate units. To your first franchisee, now you have instant validation and you have a cash flowing franchisee and you also have royalties from that. So now you're learning how to support a franchise. But people are 
getting that advice. They're like, yeah, I'll sell your franchise brand. Give me $50,000 and I'll write you an FTD and I'll sell it and blah, blah, blah. It's a big deal. People give me a lot of money and a lot yeah. of trust to help them grow a business. Like, yeah. It's a big yeah. deal. I take that very seriously. I think anyone who wants to franchise their business should. Yeah. The only reason that I was like franchising could be fun is because the way you get to talk to people, I think would be fun. I think that sounds exciting. And that's why I think it's like a, that's probably the highest and best use of Twitter is like doing a fund or franchising because it would be interesting to go from like, hey, this podcast is about like teaching people to like a much more direct teaching mentorship and like, dude, you're going to make a lot of money off of this and I'm going to be able to work with you directly. And I think that'd be fun. So like distribution and it sounds fun. So when I launch a franchise in a year, we can all mark the date. What's the the 27th? <laughs> but yeah, it is a totally different game. So yeah, I, I get that for sure. Yeah, I was talking to a guy. He was going to launch a drain cleaning franchise. So he was selling his main business, which was a plumbing and HVAC company for like a couple hundred grand. And he was going to launch Rub-A-Dub Drain Cleaning or something like that. I don't even, New Hampshire or New Jersey or one in the news. I don't know. And this guy, the plumbing and HVAC company alone was like very small. It was just weird. Like the whole thing was weird. It's like, you don't know what it's like to build a large business in the first place. You don't right. have the cash to support the franchise, let alone your own business. I don't understand how you're going to be a resource to other people. Like this is a cash grab. This is like a shitty cash grab. <laughs> it's what it looks right. like to me. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, part of the reason I'm doing this is I've seen franchising done the wrong way more than I've seen it done the right way. Yeah. And like, that's hard to watch, especially from inside the industry. Yeah. I knew that the only way I was going to be 100% in control of what happens to franchisees after they sign from a support standpoint is if I owned a company. Majority ownership could make decisions as much as I need to put whoever I need to go into place, move at the speed that I want. And like, based on what I've seen, like that was a non-negotiable for like at this point. And like will be forever as I continue to grow this business and other businesses. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we need to launch uh, like Rolling Turds. It's going to be a septic based <laughs> franchise. <laughs> I'm just, I'm workshopping here. I'm workshopping. I don't know. This is live. Jack- <laughs> I'm in. Let's rolling. do it. I'm your first day. Yeah. Over first here. one's going to be in Nashville. Yeah. We'll have it. Cool. Just Rolling Turds. Just give me a different name and we'll be. Yeah. Good. It's got to be a different name. I don't think anyone's going to buy that franchise. I think they would buy it just because of the name. The stool bus. There we go. Hey, man, you could paint all the those uh, pup trucks like a school bus. Yeah. Right, that's much yeah. better. I'm in. Now I'm in. Yeah, now you're in. This was awesome, man. This yeah. was a lot of fun. I got to learn about franchising. I got to learn about power washing. Frankly, I had no idea. I got to learn about drywall patching. Also had no idea. This was interesting. This was a good conversation. If people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Twitter works. Aaron Harper, CEO. Um. I'm on Twitter. Cool. You can connect with me there. If you want to just learn more about the franchise and go to rollingsudsfranchise.com, there's information there. And then you can just Google Aaron Harper, Rolling Suds. There's a ton of podcasts I've been on. People just want to learn more information. So those are some resources. Thanks for coming on today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Own and Operated. Make sure you check out ownandoperated.com and sign up for the newsletter. Give us a five-star review. I think we're back in Apple's top 100. So here we freaking go. Living the dream over here. Living the dream. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to Owned and Operated, the podcast for home service entrepreneurs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the like button and subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, 
feel free to reach out. You can find me on Twitter at at Wilson Companies. I'll see you next time.